All right now, you be sure to stay seated with your seatbelt buckled. It's the law in my town. Is this fake sire? Is this this Hades costume? Is the stinkiest costume on this brand? <laughs> Babies are often very useless when you need to get things done. Take a puff. Do you fear? Bingbong is a sus individual. If you're waiting for a sign, this is it. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's Gang at patreon.com slash mousemadness. Kyle. We just got done talking about resolutions, yeah. specifically Disney resolutions over yeah. on uh, Jerry's Gang over on Patreon. And one of the major themes that you brought up and that I brought up, they were, they were parks related. Yeah. We've got, we've got a, a fixin' to go back into the parks. So why not start our 2023 lineup of Mouse Madness brackets with a little parks action? And it feels like forever since we've talked parks things. The last one that we talked about was the best haunted mansion ghost. And that was back in October. So we've gone a couple of months without talking anything parks. So it's about time. After this long hiatus, we're back into the parks with the best Disneyland Mm. resort attraction sign. Now, originally, this was titled Marquee, but I don't think that we're high class enough to be calling this thing a marquee. These are signs. <laughs> These are attraction <laughs> signs that we're discussing here. And also breaking uh, a long, long absence from Mouse Madness is returning guest host Callie. Callie, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Excited to be here. It's been an absolute minute since you've been <laughs> on the show. You were here last April of 2020 doing the best Pixar short bracket. And I went back and gave that, I gave that thing a little, I hit play on it. Oh no. And when I tell you how bad our audio <laughs> was once upon a time, it is, it was garbage. I'm, I can't believe anyone that was listening to us in 2020 uh, was <laughs> because it was so bad. Um, true fans. True fans. Yeah, for real. That, that's the Jerry's <laughs> gang right there. Um, Callie, s- since we've talked to you in 2020, how has your Disney fandom evolved? Have you been able to get to the parks uh, during the pandemic time? Have you uh, grown into some new fandom? Tell me about it. Yeah, I would say generally my fandom has maybe not evolved, but maintained. Okay. If that's fair. Um, I was able to get to the parks in September of 2021. So last year and then also this past September. So both Septembers, 21, 22. My mom and I made our annual pilgrimage down there, um, and it was fun. I mean, it uh, post-COVID Disneyland was great because it seemed like it was uh, really easy to get on a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a hot take, but not having fast passes, I kind of enjoyed. It was nice. Genie kind of sucks, but (laughs) here we are. I will say, I think uh, Disney Plus got me through the pandemic single-handedly. So, 
we uh, we were recently talking about the Incredicoaster, and uh, we realized it's been five years since uh, California Screamin' became extinct, and that was Holy and, and we were and we were there. We, that was it. That yeah. was like that was the second to last time I was at Disneyland. <laughs> uh, I am still yet to ride the Incredicoaster. It's one of my goals wow. for for twenty twenty two for sure. Uh, maybe maybe I'll hop down there on a an angel's road trip or something and just uh, get a little morning ride on uh, the all credit coaster. <laughs> yeah, might as well. I was going to say this hat, I, uh, you talked me out of getting a Monsters University hat, Chris. <laughs> you said, absolutely not. Rightfully <laughs> so. that other one. Rightfully so. So this hat, five years old. Hey, hey, so is the skunk hat. Cheers to five <laughs> year oh anniversary. Oh my god, the skunk hat. Wow. It's, it's somewhere. I forgot I, about that. I have it somewhere. Oh, yeah, you god. deserve it for not being on Incredicoaster yet. So you deserve that skunk True. hat. Go ahead and yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, that's fair. True. Well, speaking of wild roller coaster rides, uh, we need some, we need some, a little strong, a little heavy, <laughs> I think, to get us through uh, this bracket in particular. Kyle, what is your spoonful of sugar today? What are we drinking over there in Oakland? Yeah, I made a cocktail this time around. It's a bourbon sidecar, which is really just like a fancier whiskey sour. So it's two mm. ounces of bourbon, uh, an ounce of Contro, a half an ounce of lemon juice, and a teaspoon of simple syrup. You put it into a shaker, shake it up, pour it in. So it tastes like a nicer, smoother whiskey sour than maybe something that you're going to order at a bar. And since this is the bourbon sidecar, I'm going to I'm going to start getting back onto the naming my drinks train. I kind of hopped off of that for probably the last two years. Uh, So we're back with that. I'm calling this thing the junkyard jamboree juice because it's like, you know, the sidecar, the jamboree has the little sidecar things that the tractors pull kind of fits in. So, wow. Wow. That's what I'm going with. What you got? Uh, So I had quite a day. At the office, it, it was one of those days where it was already at 100. It wasn't like, oh, that day went from zero to 100. It was already at 100, and then it went to 200. Uh, so I I have multiple different types of liquids here um, by my laptop. Uh, I had to go on a run. I had to, I had shut my laptop, and I was like, I need to run this thing out. Uh, so I've got some water, and I've also got some noon. N-U-U-N. Love Noon. Uh, yeah, Noon good. is like a nice little sports supplement, little tab. Um, I got a little hydration kind of uh, <laughs> electrolyte solution to to fuel my body after that run. 11-minute paste. I am, I am speed. I am speed. Um, <laughs> but, Kyle, I have to put you on blast for a second. Oh, no. Because it's, it's 2023, which is the year single Kyle is put to bed because Kyle's getting married in 2023. Yep. yep. It's coming. Woo. Um, but so I'm drinking my noon out of, uh, out of your little, uh, best <laughs> yeah. man, uh, bride. What, what am I called in the, in the wedding? <laughs> the What's, bridesman. What, the am I, I was, I'm a groomsman. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so I'm drinking it out of my little groomsman, uh, tumbler. And I also have a beer. I'm drinking a hoe garden, <laughs> uh, cause hoes were crazy at work today. <laughs> And it's uh, if you don't know what Hogarden is, it's a Belgian wheat beer. It's a nice little post-run beer, you know, real light, real kind of almost summery tasting, little notes of like coriander, and uh, it's a, it's it's a tasty ride. This is a um, 
This is a Thanksgiving. This was a Thanksgiving buy. Uh, it's still good though. <laughs> it's still good. Uh, beer tends to expire in my fridge. I feel like quicker than normal. But yeah, <laughs> uh, does beer go bad? That, uh, you can skunk I'm that asking, thing. We, okay, <laughs> you're asking the king of them. <laughs> uh, so that's what I got, Callie. What do you got? I uh, also had a day that was ended at 200 for sure. Um, so I didn't have time to think of something, uh, clever or witty. So I just took a heavy, heavy pour of tequila and then topped it off with a grapefruit spindrift. Yes. That's some, the, we're recording on a Tuesday and Tuesdays are actually the worst day of the week. And especially it's been when, a terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so you, that's a very well-deserved drink. Uh, we are, we're getting after it for part <laughs> one here. I love it for us. Um, all right. So. We're talking attraction signs. This is from both DCA and Disneyland. Uh, we're talking shows could have been in the mix, but really what we're seeing in this top 16 are rides. And in order to get those, we had to survey a demographic. And Chris, what is the demographic that got us these 16? I feel like we willed this into existence, Kyle, because we were just talking about when will they, will they at all? Yep announce an opening date for Tron light cycle run at the magic kingdom. It has been announced, uh, in April of this year, Tron lights like, like, Tron light cycle run, uh, will open. Uh, I'm personally really stoked about it. So we surveyed Diz Twitter community members who were celebrating the announcement and the, the, the soon to be opening of Tron light cycle run at the magic kingdom. Uh, not everyone was happy, Kyle, uh, in, in, Typical Diz Twitter <laughs> fashion. Just never enough with the, them. The first comment I see below the post is, why did you use the classic Magic Kingdom font in the in this <laughs> announcement graphic? Because it's really throwing off the like futuristic vibe of the Tron attraction. I'm like, bro, that's what you got out of this? Yeah. <laughs> that was what you got. We've been waiting years for uh, this moment. And it comes and you go, why'd you use the Magic Kingdom logo though? Hmm? Oh, God. Is Twitter just, just the worst, Twitter. the absolute worst? Anyways, we asked we we asked the optimistic folks, we asked the happy folks. We said, "What is the best Disneyland attraction sign?" Uh, and we've got uh, we've got sixteen. Yeah, sixteen good ones. Uh, not not all attraction signs at Disneyland, uh, the Disney Resort rather, um, could make our uh, field of 16. We had some miss the dance signs. Kyle, what are a couple uh, miss the dance signs for you? Number one is just a result of us getting after it this year. If we would have waited just a little bit longer, this this ride could have made it into the 16 possibly. It's Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Not open yet. The marquee, the sign exists in the park currently, but all we had to go off of was the mock-ups, which is going to be this kind of theater marquee type attraction sign which i think is really cool uh i think it's going to fit the land well but it just doesn't quite exist yet so it missed the dance uh and then not an attraction but a great sign are the cozy cone (laughs) motel signs uh at the cars land in dca Uh, it's the little cozy cone it has a little car in the cone that's like sleeping it has the neon z's above its head I just think that's just such a solid sign. Not an attraction, so wouldn't make this bracket, but I felt like I needed to shout it out. Sure. Uh, Chris, any for you? Uh, I, I love a good uh, Tomorrowland sign. Uh, that will yeah. be reflected in a lot of the conversation that we have today. Uh, but one Tomorrowland sign that did not make the dance that I truly love is the Star Tours attraction sign. Uh, it, it's It has this 
obviously kind of like a mid-century shape to it, like a lot of the Tomorrowland stuff is. Um, but star, the Star Tours uh, like word mark is in the foreground of the sign. And then there's this kind of three-dimensional uh, back to the sign. And at night, it's illuminated and it references the light speed aesthetic that you experience inside the attraction. So I really like that sign a lot. I'm sorry that it's not here on this bracket. The other A, if I'm going to die on a hill, the hill that I always die on, it's the Storybook Land Hill. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. the story, Storybook Land actually has two signs. Uh, it it's, got the, it's got that little like lighthouse thing uh, that kind of looks like a barber pole or something, maybe. Uh, yep. Very, very uh, easy to miss. <laughs> I know. It's like hidden um, under a tree almost. But but when you notice it, it's like, oh, that's actually like pretty quaint um, and, and pretty like classic looking, I guess. But but, you know, the one that I think a lot of people uh, might recognize more is the like hedges, the storybook land hedges that are across the other side of the water uh, next to Monstro. Very picturesque, um, very picturesque way to board the attraction, too. Uh, so those are my two miss the dance signs. Callie, any for you stand out? Um, yes. Yeah, so the one hill that I will die on, as you two know, is that Heimlich's Choo Choo Train was the elite <laughs> attraction of California Adventure, and their sign was incredible. Yeah, it's Heimlich with like a half-eaten cupcake on a fork. A plus. Um, Super good. Sad that it is gone and thus not in the ranking. I think the other one, kind of piggybacking on what you said, Kyle, not an attraction, but the Disneyland resort main sign um the like classic classic iconography of disneyland i think is just chef's kiss can't be beat um but obviously not a ride so (laughs) yep and we've got 16 of those here and they're on the bracket and they're ready to be announced let's go ahead and cue that dramatic music roaring into the number one seat is the Radiator Springs Racers sign. Cruising into the number two seed is the Jungle Cruise sign. Singing along at the number three seed is the It's a Small World sign. Sliding into the number four spot is the Matterhorn Bobsled sign. Following you home at the five seed is the Haunted Mansion sign. No strings attached to the number six seed It's the Pinocchio's Daring Journey sign. Into a fireplace and out of hell comes the number seven seed. It's Mr. Toad's Wild Ride sign. We might go round and round when talking about the number eight seed. It's the Pixar Pal Around sign. Getting high on mushrooms at the number nine seed is the Alice in Wonderland sign. Spinning into the number 10 spot is the Roger Rabbit cartoon spin sign. Double ones, double signs at the number 11 seed. It's the Pirates of the Caribbean signs. Let's give some space to the number 12 seed. It's the Space Mountain sign. Plummeting down to the 13 seed is the Splash Mountain sign. Blasting into the 14 spot is the Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters sign. Welcoming guests at the 15 seed is the Tomorrowland Monorail Station sign. And spinning out and rounding out the bracket is the number 16 seed. It's the Tomator Junkyard Jamboree sign. 
Callie, uh, we've got 16 Disneyland Resort signs on here. Are there any early favorites or are there any matchups that you see on here that might be particularly challenging? Um, well, I think the one that really sticks out to me, and I'm surprised that they're kind of both mid on the list, is the Mr. Toad versus Roger Rabbit ride. Um, so I'm excited to talk about those. I think the two Cars rides going head to head is an interesting matchup as well. So mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, excited to get into all of it. Mr. Toad, uh, indeed. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. I can, I can start things off here, Kyle. Yeah, please. Uh, would love to talk about uh, the Radiator Springs Racers sign, uh, the number one seed versus the number 16 seed, the Tomator Junkyard Jamboree sign. On the surface, these are two very similar kind of looking signs, uh, both Carsland attractions, both, I guess, relatively new attractions if you look at the grand scope of the history of the Disneyland Resort. Yeah. Radiator Springs Racer, obviously uh, an e-ticket attraction. Uh, So one that a lot of people are going to be heading to, a lot of people are going to be riding. Um, And uh, no surprise that it's the number one seed here, just out of the popularity um, of the attraction. And and honestly, it's it's a really great sign. Totally. If you've been to Cars Land at night, you know that this whole area really plays into the neon light aesthetic, as it should. I mean, that's, of course, a really big part of the Cars, uh, the first Cars movie, uh, a, a town that is that is dead, devoid of life, super boring. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, like we forgot that it lights up at night and it looks super <laughs> dope. Well, let's go ahead and plug that baby in again. Uh, this, this Radiator Springs racer sign uh, plays into that. Uh, and it is, it is a component of the, uh, neon light package uh, that exists in cars land at night. So what's interesting is that it's kind of like, and I mean, I guess this is true for both of these attractions. It's like a combination of an attraction sign where like we as humans know that we're going on to a ride, but it's also like an authentic, sign that would exist in the cars land universe right the radiator springs racer sign uh it's almost like the racers element is added as an addition to the radiator springs sign radiator springs the name of the land the name of the setting in uh, in cars so uh it's this big arch that says gateway to ornament valley radiator springs It's like if we were going to visit Radiator Springs, like we might walk underneath a sign like that. And then below is a big neon side profile Lightning McQueen that says racers. Uh, And and that's really kind of like the the, the dominant, the show-stopping neon element of the sign. Uh, You've got some reds, you've got some whites, you've got some yellows. Really, really pops uh, especially at night and like red and yellow, those are fast colors, man. So when you're, when you're walking <laughs> under that sign at, at, at night, you know, you're in for some I'm speed, about, baby. I'm about to go so fast. About to go fast. So fast. So it's appropriate. The Tomater sign is like, you look at it and you go, wow, this is like really cheap looking. Uh, it's basically <laughs> like a piece of plywood that is cut into the shape of Tomater Yep. Uh, with like a, it doesn't, it looks better than hand painted, but it it's still kind of like a hand painted uh, tow mater towing and what does it say? Salvage? Salvage. And yep. Salvage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's like a hitch onto a second part of the sign that says 
junkyard jamboree. Yeah. Uh, so like on the server, you're like, oh, what a crappy looking side. But then you remember like, oh, wait a sec. Toe Mater's junkyard is, is a junkyard. And it's like a crappy right. junkyard that nobody goes to. So of course it would have this sign that looks like it's faded, that looks like it was made out of very cheap materials, because it would be. Exactly. It's got a couple of spare tires kind of hanging from the sign to make it look like a real car. Uh, but my favorite part about it is just that it's like slightly crooked, um, which like <laughs> if this sign's been standing for 50, 60 years, like it has been uh, in Radiator Springs exposed to the brutal desert elements, it's, it's probably going to get a little sideways. And we know these cars don't have opposable thumbs. <laughs> so they how are, how they, are they supposed to, they can't fix it. <laughs> they can't go in there and like tighten the screws or whatever. Uh, maybe Luigi can, I don't know. Or what's, it, what's his homeboy's name? Guido? Guido. Yeah. Guido. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe he, maybe he should be fixing this sign, but um, <laughs> I buy, I buy that it's crooked and it, and it would be uh, ignored. I guess the final element kind of of the Radiator Springs Racer sign is that they incorporate the uh, the wait time yep. uh, and the fast pass return time into the neon. It is inside the wheel, the hub, the hub, the hubcap, hub. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. That sounds, yeah the, the, that sounds right. The wheel, Big car yeah. people. I'm a huge <laughs> car guy. I know everything about cars. Uh, so, so that's in there as well. And... I think that's the reason why I will probably go with Radiator Springs Racers here. I love both of these signs. So like, I don't think I can award one over the other just based on kind of like artistic merit because both of these feel like really intentional, but I like the utility of the Radiator Springs Racer sign where they, they incorporate the information that a real writer at Disneyland Park will need uh, going under this sign. Uh, it's, it's, it's your one-stop shop for, uh, you know, taking in a little art, but also knowing, uh, knowing what you're getting yourself into, you know, that, that four hour wait, it's, it's right there. You can see it, <laughs> you know what to expect. Decisions can be made. Sure. Yeah. I think that uh tomato sign is so great. Like th- this matchup is one of my favorite one sixteen matchups that we've done in a while. I think that this is just two very, very, very good signs. Tomaters is great because that's the sign from the film. That's what his sign looks like at his junkyard in the film. And in this location, his junkyard sits where it should be on Route 66 going in through town. So they need to make it look like the actual sign from the film since everything else looks like it's from the film. What's not from the film is the little hitch. And I love that it looks like it's been added on after. Like Tomato's sign has kind of sat there. And then they added the hitch, which almost brought the sign back. Like it has a tilt because they've had to add the Mater's Junkyard Jamboree hitch to the back. Awesome detail. I think that's very, very cool. Um, But I think I'm with you. I think that these signs at the resort need to give information and uh, adequate information. Uh, I think Tomaters does a great job of that with the representation. You're not necessarily like being towed by Mater on this attraction, but you are in the back hitch of like the little tractor cow guys. So kind of represents that. But the fact that you can turn the corner at uh, at Radiator Springs, see this sign, make a decision, understand where you're supposed to go and know that you're in the right place. I think that makes a really good sign. Um, I will also push back. I don't know that this is lightning. 
I think that this is just a Bro, red that's card. Lightning. That is absolutely I, Lightning McQueen. Lightning, what are you talking about? No, man. I don't think this is Lightning he's at red. all. He's red. Yeah, just because he's red. That's not a Lightning body <laughs> type. He, does Lightning have a little spoiler action on the back? The little you fender tell- that's going on? What, you think is, all is red cards Lightning are Lightning packing, McQueens? Is Lightning double-cheeked up in the back like this car is, dude? I don't think like so. a red Sandy or a Sally. Red right. Sally. Is that her name? Sally, yes, is oh. the blue car. Yeah. Um anyways, besides the point, one is moving on. Callie, uh, did you have the number one seed moving on here? Yes. I think one thing that I learned in going through all these matchups is that functionality is just so high on my list. Sure. Um, it could just be the standby time and fast pass return time, and I would move that on <laughs> if it was just like on a whiteboard. So um I do love the Tomator, how it suits or like fits that ride, fits the Tomator um vibe and personality, but the radiator swings racers, I mean, you can't can't compete with that when you're uh talking about plywood and a couple um uh, <laughs> flat tires over there. Hey, if we talk in neon, that plywood's not going to stand up to no, it. It's no, no, just... sir. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this next matchup. It's the number eight seed, the Pixar Pal Around versus number nine, Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland's is such an interesting sign because if you're not looking up, you're not seeing that sign at all. The sign is a storybook that sits on top of one of the mushroom elements of the attraction the outdoor portion of the attraction. So where you're coming out of the building, going down the little leaf ramp back into the building, you pass by Alice's storybook, which is open for you to see on the attraction and the pages are facing you and you can see the scene that you are basically going through by going outside. But on the other side, you have Alice in Wonderland, the book, and it has Alice in Wonderland in clouds. Uh, Alice is sitting below it. The white rabbit and his trumpet and his pocket watch are running by. Um, it's a it's a great little storybook sign. Sits on top of this big mushroom. The mushroom seems to have like a little speaker in it, so you have to assume that this is a element for the area music. So it's not intrusive to the land. It kind of tells you what is right there, but it's in this location that is just so chaotic. Uh, you come around the corner from the Matterhorn. If you're coming not from the like Idlewise Snacks area, the where the little old Phantom Boats things were, but if you came around the other side, if you're coming from like Fantasyland area, um, and you pass Alice in Wonderland, this mushroom is kind of has a like a the the lid of it kind of blocks the Alice in Wonderland, and then you keep walking in like. You have to make that immediate left. Otherwise, you've missed the entrance to Alice in Wonderland, right? Like you keep going and all of a sudden it's the mad tea party and you're just like, whoa, what? (laughs) How do I get to the thing that's right there? This doesn't say that it's the attraction. This just says Alice in Wonderland. For all you know, Alice in Wonderland could also be the tea party. The tea party doesn't even have a sign. The tea party just exists. <laughs> you just have so, to know. It's it's like Isla de Muerta. Dude, you just, you just have to know where to go to get on these Alice attractions. And that's not a very good sign for an um, amusement park, for a theme park, for an, for an attraction. What is a good sign is the Pixar Pal Around. This sign is a phenomenal beachside amusement park sign. 
I'm currently reading uh, Devil in the White City, which is about the 1839, uh, no, 18, what, 93 World's Fair and the serial killings that was happening at the same time. That's beside the point. But they introduced like nighttime lighting and use of popcorn lights and all that kind of stuff at that at that um, World's Fair. And this is very reminiscent of it where it's like, boom, bang, here's this big Ferris wheel. Here's all of these lights. It looks really beautiful. Pixar Pal Around has the like very ornate signage with a lot of the whirls and swirls of the what you would kind of imagine are almost like waves of the boardwalk. And then the wording itself are these what now are almost like bar lights, but they have the the single rows of popcorns in them. So at night it lights up and it's very easy to see. Um, I just really, really love this sign. It tells you explicitly what line to get in. On the left is the non-swinging cars. On the right is the swinging cars. And let me tell you, that is a difference of life or death on this attraction. You're either three margaritas deep and not throwing up or throwing up. And that is very important to understand when you're getting on this attraction. This sign has it all. I love it a lot. It fits the theme of the area. It tells you what you need to know, gets you to where you're going to go right in front of this right in front of the attraction. I like it better than Alice in Wonderland. Eight Seed moves on. Kyle and Callie, we're, we're working in Google uh, Google Slides right yeah. now, like looking at these. And, and while you were talking, Kyle, I dropped in a few additional photos. Of oh, baby. Look this at this. Alice in Wonderland. Oh, my gosh. Sign. Look at this. <laughs> and, and there is so much to unpack with wow. this, uh, this sign. And particularly the mushroom element. Dude, shout um, out ticket booths. We, we can talk about the book in a second, but this mushroom that the book is sitting on, it always looked so awkward to me. Like, why? Is there this stupid mushroom? Yeah. Why is it why is it look like it doesn't have the normal mushroom dimensions? Uh what's going on here? Uh and and so I learned, I don't remember when, but I learned at some point that the mushroom was the ticket booth uh for the I don't know if it was like for the attraction specifically, but for just tickets in general. I don't Right, know. right, right. But there basically used to be a little window on the side that faced the mad tea party. Uh, and so a, a human being could be inside the mushroom. And today, if you look at the back side of the mushroom that is next to the attraction, you can see there's still a little door. So yeah. I'm sure you can still go inside there. Oh, uh, man. And like that, that aspect of it is so cool to me. I love that. Um, like unique, unique way for classic Disney to hide a ticket booth, uh, fun fantasy land theme. Um, but like the fact that it's just like walled off they, I feel like they could have done something really cool with that mushroom, but, uh, it is not like that anymore. <laughs> and also though, that, that book, the Alice book, like it used to have the classic the, Alice in Wonderland attraction poster. It used to be good. It used yeah. to be good. And then they repainted it to this weird Alice in Wonderland book cover that no one's ever seen before. <laughs> I will say that it does make sense to me, kind of like the attraction is the book come to life. And so like the open book is like the world spilling out into reality. I think that's kind of a nice uh, like reference, but it's still like in 2023 it's really awkward looking and I bet you that that, um, and I'm sure this is why, uh, why they kind of changed up the, uh, art, 
Disney is notorious for doing a lot of painting after hours to keep everything looking nice and shiny and new. I bet you this sign is like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, dude, to paint. Yeah. And so like, look, even looking at photos of it, like you can tell this sign probably does not get that love that a lot of these other signs get uh, more often. Like this thing is being exposed directly to the elements at all times. Uh, So it's, it's always looking a little bit faded. Uh, I'm with you. The Pixar pal around sign. uh, Very, very cool looking, very ornate um, feels very real. uh, And I just love it. But shout out to the history of the Alice in Wonderland mushroom. Absolutely. Uh, Callie, do you agree uh, with moving the pal around along here? Yes, I co-sign all of that. I think if the mushroom was still a ticket booth, just from my functionality standpoint, I would vote that along. Um, But I'm so romantic about the Pixar pier in general. I think they absolutely crushed it when they um, redid that whole area. Again, I will also co-sign Kyle's note that non-swinging versus swinging is a huge distinction it probably honestly gets dinged a little bit for not being bigger because Uh, once again that's a deadly mistake to make as anyone that's gone on that ride with me on the swinging side knows (laughs) i'm (laughs) fear in my eyes um the whole time so uh yeah but pixar pal around just a plus sign i think it looks great especially at night again the lights just make it incredible yeah, if you're walking by that thing at night, seven margaritas deep, and all you're all you are are blinded by those lights, you're not seeing the non-swinging or swinging. <laughs> you're not seeing those. Those aren't no lit way, up. no way. There's zero no. percent chance. You're like, I think this way, <laughs> swinging. All right, here we go. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, for real. All right, the next matchup is going to be the number four seed, the Matterhorn bobsled sign, versus the number thirteen seed, the Splash Mountain sign. Kyle and Callie. We have to just take a moment of silence, I think. <laughs> okay. For the last Disneyland attraction bracket that Splash Mountain will likely ever be on. Because it's closing down in just a couple months. Uh, we're losing Splash Mountain forever. Yep. Uh, it will be no more. Uh, we're, I think we're all looking forward to it. Uh, we're very excited about what's to come. Absolutely. But, uh, but this is a monumental moment. Uh, this attraction that's been around for what? Almost 50 years, 40 years. Yeah, 40. 70, 77, I think. Is that it? Am I wrong? Was it 88? 77? Yeah, I, think I think it's 88. 94? 89. <laughs> Let's hit every key every year, year and every yeah. day. 99? <laughs> um, uh, 89. 89. But uh, it, it's going away. So here it is. Here it is on its last bracket as an active attraction. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Matterhorn bobsleds the number the high seed. Uh, the 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 Matterhorn queue has always been so frustrating to me, uh, oh. so annoying. And like I've always felt like for the number of times that the Matterhorn closes down every year, and for the length of the refurbishment, the fact that they've never really addressed the queue. Uh, was always mm. mind blowing to me. And, and I will say, I think it may have changed since. Like the last time I was there, they may have built it out a little bit more, maybe, question mark? Yeah, I don't know that they have significantly or at all. The last like major thing they did was get rid of the fast pass um, boxes across the mm-hmm. way, but it still mm-hmm. wraps around the mountain and then you come wrap, go through, wrap, go. So basically, uh, you have this 
you know, ultimately very small, um, like it's a chalet, I think is what it's called, right? It's a chalet. Yeah. We're going to call it that. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's a Swiss chalet. Uh, there's this nice little, uh, Alpine window. Very, very uh, sound music inspired. Honestly, kind of like it's got a little uh, Snow White or Pinocchio, like Bavarian feel to it as well. Uh, and you've got Matterhorn bobsleds uh, written in written in some kind of uh, Swissy Swissy <laughs> font. I don't Swissy. really know what I don't really <laughs> know what it is. Me, me, Swiss me, ass font. Graphic designer uh, <laughs> trying to put words to this. It's very difficult, but. Um, it's basically like a house. It's like the, it's like the side of a house uh, and it says Matterhorn bobsleds, which like if you, if y'all have ever been skiing, you ever been skiing in the Alps? I have not, but I imagine, uh, you know, there's a lot of little, little village houses like this, um, kind of at the base of the mountain. And, uh, and so this is kind of that you, you are at the base camp of the Matterhorn. You are queuing up to get into one of these bobsleds to head up the mountain. Uh, and, and atop the, uh, the, the roof is a, is a goat, is a goat, a literal goat. Uh, literal it, is, goat. it is a goat that uh, is a, a weather vane goat. Uh, you've also got the, the standby entrance and the fast pass entrance distinction in there as well as well as a couple of little like sconces, like some little hanging lanterns that I guess are supposed to provide the illumination for yep. uh, the sign for the whole marquee. Splash Mountain sign is uh, a little bit simpler. It's got, uh, it's it's a barn. And, and the thing that's kind of, I guess it's true about, bo- what's true about both of these attractions is that like the attraction sign the attraction marquee is never anywhere near where you enter the line. And especially Splash Mountain. God damn. No, it's like, Matterhorn too, though. It's like, it's like, okay, fair. so where, so like, where am I supposed to go? Yeah. Here's the difference though. At least you're not walking towards what originally was a dead end. Well, it still is a dead end. You walk down and you're like, oh, Splash Mountain. They're like, no, go back up the hill. And get and in it, line. What's almost more frustrating is getting in line at the top of the hill, like a good park goer that I am, and, and then seeing people, barn. <laughs> and then seeing people just like hop under the fence at the front because the line's not long enough to oh, fill out man. the whole path. And it's like, You're right. all these people just cut me. You're right. Uh, but it's this big kind of old, old timey looking uh, rustic barn, and at the front is Splash Mountain. With a little, with a little brer rabbit with a knapsack, uh, nice. peeping out the top. It's wood carved, yeah, which is appropriate because you are riding a log in Splash Mountain. <laughs> but y'all, this Splash Mountain font is so beautiful. It's and so good. It's very nice. And not only is it good, but it's got this nice little like sky blue to dark blue uh, gradient going on on it as well. Mm-hmm. Gives it a nice little like watery kind of watery feel to it. Uh, it's it's one of those it's one of those marks that like you can tell this is this is totally unique. Each one of these letters was created intentionally for this sign. They're not ripping off some other uh, like font or word mark style. And like while the Matterhorn one, the, these these mark these uh, letters, this font was chosen intentionally as well. Uh, this Splash Mountain, these words are are so cool. And you see that font in various other places throughout the queue. 
Uh, so it, it, it comes back. There was one time I was, I can't remember if it was Florida or if it was California, but I got a little baggie, a little Ziploc baggie for like my phone. Yes. Yeah, and it said like, it, it had something written on it. It was like, have a zippity doodah day or like, yep, no, yep. it said, it said everything is satisfactual or something. I don't know. But like, I was like, this is, this is sick, man. Like the, the Splash Mountain font is in my home now. But um, it's also got like in the O in mountain, there's a little paw print. Uh -huh. Inside as well. I can't tell what animal that is, though. Is the thing because I, feel like that's I a little know, bear bear. I think that's a little. Bear I was gonna bear. say I know for sure that's not a rabbit footprint. Okay, <laughs> uh, and so I it, it definitely looks like a bear footprint, but like I feel like Brer Bear is like the least important character in this attraction, <laughs> right? Like Brer Bear's the idiot. Like why is he what, stamping what, yeah. the O? Where's the fox representation? What like what? I, I don't know. Honestly, like I think I appreciate um, the way that like the Matterhorn, uh, the the whole kind of like Matterhorn Q building is very like tied in to the attraction you're about to go on. Like you're going up the Matterhorn, so you should be going into a ski chalet. Whereas like Splash Mountain, why am I entering a barn when I'm about to like go down the bayou? I mean, I'm sure there are these, right. I'm sure there are barns on the bayou, but like I'm getting different aesthetics. Like when I think bayou, I don't always think like rustic or like farmhouse. Um, but I mean, I think in my opinion, we're talking about the sign specifically. And I think this Splash Mountain font is too great to pass up in the first round. Uh, and I like the little, I love the little Bray Rabbit peeping out the top not gonna lie uh, so i think i got a i got a big upset here with the 13 seed moving on what i love about splash mountain is the splash the a and the s the a almost feels like what is coming down the mountain and going down into the water and then the s kind of splashes over the rest of it i love that element a ton mm. i think that's just such a cool way to represent the action of splash Mountain doesn't do it, really. Um, the A and the N's kind of flare goes the same way. The N's flare is a little disjointed. Little disjointed. Doesn't flow quite as well. It kind of looks like they're like, oh, we have all of this dead space. Let's go ahead and just, let's just carve something out real quick, <laughs> if you can. So I love the Splash Mountain one a lot. The facade that it's on, this barn, you're right. Why are we going into a barn to go down a mountain? Uh, but when you step back at the barn, it's changed a lot of forms. There's been a lot of different stuff in the window. Like it kind of feels lived in. And I think that's more of the point is like we're getting the story of the critters in the area of this barn. And then we go on the adventure with Br'er Rabbit who leaves home and ends up caught in this mountain fiasco and so while it doesn't necessarily connect to the attraction to the eye it feels like this is the correct starting point so i will give it that for sure but i'm going to go bobsleds wow. i think that the chalet just works so perfectly in that area it's right across from idlewise snacks which has a similar look so you're just in this alpy area the font of the Matterhorn itself is very regal. It feels very Swiss. But then you have bobsleds, which feels very sporty, outlined in red. You're going to be going fast. Like, it's just perfect for the attraction. And then they didn't really stop there. They added flowers in the window. They added or uh, little paintings of flowers. 
in the dead space. The lanterns themselves, if you look above the lanterns, are the actual lighting features. So you're still going to be able to see what this attraction is, even if the lanterns aren't as bright because you have the spotlights above them. So it's putting that functionality with the theming and it works so perfectly. Uh, And then also, of course, you have the actual directions of this is where standby is going to go. This is where you go if you have fast pass or lightning lane. And uh, it's great. There's what's interesting about this sign is that you can tell it was not the original one because the original one's behind it. (laughs) There's a, a whole other chalet behind it where you can probably assume. And if I took enough time to go back, I could probably find where that original chalet had the Matterhorn attraction sign dude, on it. Dude, I think this is what I'm talking about. Like, I'm looking at these old ones, and it was like the picture of the dude with the giant horn. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Look, I'm going to drop this in the okay. in our little thing here. I'm going to go ahead and take a new, uh, create a new slide. Yeah, and for everybody listening, we're going to drop all of these photos on Instagram and Twitter, so you'll be able to follow along. Look at this. This homeboy's got a big old horn he's blowing into here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah. So I think that's probably the original sign, which is on the building that's behind the actual signage that we know today. So we can incorporate this if we wanted to. We're going to talk about it with pirates. But regardless, doesn't matter because uh, Matterhorn's going to move on for me. So, Callie, you're breaking a tie. Oh, man. Um, well, I uh, think my front runner also. It's a close. Like I looky, I've never really paid this close attention to signs before. <laughs> like I know they're there, and I'm like, oh, that's Splash Mountain. Okay, I'm gonna go into it. Oh, it's Matterhorn. I'm gonna go into it. But really, like getting down into the nitty gritty of each one of these signs and all of the details has been a really fun exercise. I don't know, experiment. Exercise. exercise. Yes, <laughs> that's the word I'm looking for. Really fun exercise. Um, so like I have never noticed all of the splash flourishes and swirls on the font in splash mountain but matterhorn takes it for me i think that just the amount of details that goes into that facade is incredible all of the little like carved flowers above fast pass entrance and standby entrance are just so intricate and beautiful and even the spotlights that kyle was talking about are like tulips which i think is so cool and just the the total like all of it it's great (laughs) it's a very uh intricate and immersive sign for sure but shout out splash mountain and r.i.p splash mountain your sign did its job and and it's going away all right Let's talk about this next matchup here on this side. It's number five, Haunted Mansion versus number 12, Space Mountain. This is an easy one for me, baby boy. Number five, Haunted Mansion for sure. You have a a ghostly estate and to have the sign off to the side on the pillars of the fortress gates that you'd be walking through feels very appropriate for this attraction. It's almost saying welcome but also stay away there's not these big flashing lights that are like haunted mansion here now if you zoom out today you have in the archway the like fast pass return and the standby line on the archway but the sign itself of the haunted mansion is off to the side 
what you really want to see when you're standing here is the mansion itself. And the way that the sign is positioned gives just such a great profile of the mansion. I think that this sign does its job perfectly for this attraction. Space Mountain feels so stuck. This this attraction, and I think that's partially why like most of the time that we go to these parks, hyperspace is ready to rock and roll because the hyperspace sign is actually pretty good. But Space Mountains is this LED. Uh, what were those? What were those little toys? The light brights. You plug light the little brights, things in. Bro. Yep. Light brights. <laughs> it looks hard. like that sign's made of light brights, and that matches the time of what the seventies when this ride came in, but doesn't really work now, especially if you're trying to be in a place called Tomorrowland. So I wish that they would light up, uh, change the sign. I wish that they would update the Space Mountain one so that it really fit this what we now consider as space age because you can still have space mountain in this century without keeping this light bright sign the haunted mansion one is timeless and fits it's not only attraction but the theming around it so i'm going to go with haunted mansion here i forgot to uh, mention that i'm rocking my san francisco <laughs> giants jersey right all the now. way all the way i'm rocking my captain Brandon Belt t-shirt underneath because our boy is off to greener pastures. He's off to the great white north. He's he's off to Toronto, Canada to play with the Blue Jays. We wish him the best. Yep. <laughs> um, and I have a confession to make. As a, as a Giants fan, uh, I love Dodger Stadium. I do. I always have. I grew up in SoCal. I, I went to school in Santa Barbara. There were many Dodger Stadiums trips uh, for me over the years, and yeah. I have always enjoyed my time there. And to this day, I still enjoy trips to Dodger Stadium to, to catch games. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, in-park entertainment, shall we? Uh, <laughs> the most iconic element of Dodger Stadium is whatever shape you want to call it. Uh, it's this like, I think it's one, two, three, four, five, six, sex, septic. Sextagon? Oh, be careful. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Six-sided <laughs> shapes are called hexagons. Hexagons. <laughs> hey, shapes are hard, bro. Shapes are shapes so are hard. Shapes are super hard. Geometry, taking geometry since ninth grade, bro. Uh, so we got some hexagons out I here. love that I just shouted out sextagon as if that's a shape. <laughs> Because it it's is. I think it's seven. No, septagon. I just that's septagon. Because oh. <laughs> I, I just googled it and I was like, "Please that's don't." That's got to be, be something. I, I, no, I googled it. No such thing. Not a shape. No. I was wow. I was going to say sexagon, and I was like, "Hmm, sexagon." Isn't that what? Isn't that what happens in like your sixties or seventies? Anyway. <laughs> Uh, apparently not from what I hear, actually. Anyway, uh, okay. anyway, let's keep going. So the signs are, <laughs> so there's six sides on this, this hexagonal Dodger stadium <laughs> aesthetic. And like, there's a welcome to Dodger stadium sign outside the stadium entrance. And there are these, there are twin scoreboards on either side of the outfield pavilions that have this, this shape. Yeah. Uh, and it is very iconic to Dodger stadium. It is very unique in baseball this roster of baseball stadiums is is becoming more and more uniform. All of these ballparks are starting to feel the same. They're starting to look the same. 
There are very few elements that distinguish so many MLB ballparks these days, um, but Dodger Stadium maintains a very, very distinct mid-century charm to it, as it should. It opened in like 1964, 1965, something like that. Right. Um, whereas like you have like the real old, old holdovers. You've got Wrigley Field and you've got uh, Fenway. And then you've got like a bunch of newer stuff that that opened in 1990 hey, let's and, not, and later. Put some, let's put some respect <laughs> on the uh, Oakland Coliseum. I, will not, huh? I refuse. I refuse. <laughs> I refuse. Um, but uh, but Dodger Stadium just like uh, mad respect uh, because they they maintain this this very unique feel to it, and I and I love it. I think it's really cool. Um, and and honestly, every time I see the Space Mountain sign, this is exactly what I think about. Uh, it is a slightly more stylized hexagon, uh, but if it, and, and like they have a beautiful new video uh, boards at Dodger Stadium. I, I remember when I was when I was a little kid. <laughs> there was no video board at Dodger Stadium. It was yeah. like you just you just watch the if you missed the play you missed it. Uh, and the scoreboard in right field was very very old school, uh, and it had this kind of light bright look to it. I mean that's what it was. Uh, and so, yeah, Space Mountain still has that. But I think that it is kind of a tribute to this mid-century feel that all of Tomorrowland has, to be honest. Sure. Um, I think if I were an Imagineer and I was working at Disneyland today, I would love to refresh the Space Mountain sign. Uh, I would love to give it a little, just like they did at Dodger Stadium, give it a little HD video board refresh Totally. Uh, and, and, and I think there's a way to, to create a graphics package that keeps that mid-century flair to it, but makes it feel less like an old Jumbotron uh, and more like uh, a sleek, sweet uh, mid-century reference. Uh, and it's just like, it's a weenie. It's a weenie is what it is uh, in that kind of main central Tomorrowland area. It's, it's such a... a I don't know what you call it, like an eye, eye yeah, the eye line, your your eyesight's run to it all, you know. Oh, sure. Yeah, yes. you know what I'm getting at. Fo- like the focal point of the The area. focal point, that's the word. Hey, our word finding skills are so good on this no, episode, we're, we're everybody. killing it. <laughs> Here's where Space Mountain falls for me. It's nowhere near the entrance to the attraction, bro. Yeah, it's very far. It's like once you walk past the sign... The closest entrance to anything is to the Tomorrowland Magic Eye Theater, <laughs> like right there to the right. Uh, and then to the left, you've got Red Rocket's Pizza Planet. Right. Um, then you have to walk down this super long hallway. And then, and like you're halfway down the hallway and you're like, I feel like this, I'm not supposed to be walking down here. Like this doesn't <laughs> seem like anything's down here. So I want to turn around. It's just like the weirdest spatial thing. Um, I I don't really know what the fix is there, but it is very strange. I think it's sort of confusing, but I think there's a lot of potential to improve the Space Mountain sign. I love it. It holds a special place in my heart, but it is up against the Haunted Mansion. Like you said, Kyle, uh, iconic uh, word mark, iconic uh, signage, um, and it's really got the, the, the fun but foreboding energy to it. I absolutely love it. I've considered buying replicas of this Haunted Mansion sign many times yeah. in my life. So I got the mansion moving on, which will come as a surprise to basically nobody. <laughs> Callie, do you agree? Do you agree with sending Space Mountain home? Yeah, I'm all on board with moving Haunted Mansion on. I think, again, looking at these signs and just like 
hyper detail has been really interesting. Like I would have never noticed that there were stakes coming out of the haunted mansion guy's neck. Yeah. And you guys are the experts here. So I fancy no. I frequent Disneyland in September because I now live in Seattle and it's just the best time that my mom and I are able to get down there. And so I have because the Mariners seen... don't make the playoffs every, oh, until every oh, once yay. in a while. But... Um, <laughs> I went this last September and we made the playoffs then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but I uh, have the last like many times that I've watched or written haunted mansion it's been with the nightmare before christmas overlay so i feel mm, like i yeah. am not familiar with this guy i don't know if he is a uh one of the many characters that's featured in the original ride or not i will look out for that next time that i ride the original ride but um i think just the detail the font everything is incredible so haunted mansion is moving on we went to uh mouse con last fall chris and i in the bay area and we went to a haunted mansion talk and chris what did he say about the font of haunted mansion did it, he it s- is a real font it is right. a real font that was used like in the 1800s right Whoa. it's so like it's not owned by disney so if you want to make uh you know something in, the, in using that font like go for it. i can't remember yeah. what it was called but i had no idea that that was like an actual reference yeah i'll search cool. defont later on absolutely on defont.com as far as the little guy on top no i think he's just scary i don't know that he just a spooky spooky boy spooky boy spooky boy <laughs> all right let's hop over to the other side of the bracket uh the number two see jungle cruise versus number 15 tomorrowland monorail station uh, i'll make this one quick it's definitely the jungle cruise for me here uh it has that element that the splash mountain sign has that i absolutely love uh it's got some very unique uh font uh word word mark it's got a unique word mark uh, that I absolutely love, um, but it's also got a little bit of flair to it as well. It's got some some spears straight out of the jungle, um, and it's it's a uh, you know it, it says entrance the very very clearly marked. It says like this is where you get in line for the attraction, and the queue is entirely behind it. It's in the front of a boathouse, and you are riding a boat ride, so it makes a lot of sense logistically. So there you go. Tomorrowland monorail station. I love the monorail mark. It's another kind of mid-century mark. Very, very cool. The the this is another one where it's like so confusing. Like the placement <laughs> of this sign and where you get in line for the attraction. I never know exactly where to hop in line for the monorail because it's right next to the Finding Nemo Hotbox Adventure yeah. uh, load station and the exit ramp to Autopia. So it's like, what's, am I supposed to go down this way? And then there's also the entrance to the um, uh, accessible viewing area for the Finding Nemo submarine voyage. Right. Uh, And then the, there's like a separate monorail accessibility ramp on the backside behind where the Finding Nemo line tucks in behind the lagoon. Like it's like I'm explaining. I'm getting confused myself. And in that same it. area is the train station. Exactly. So so what's where am I supposed to go? And yeah. this sign does absolutely nothing to to help me with that. It's very very subtle. It's just kind of a stick in the ground. I love it because I know uh, where the entrance actually is. I know <laughs> where to look for the sign. But uh, it, it's going up against a very good sign in the Jungle Cruise here. So I yeah. got the two seed. It's definitely going up 
again, such a great sign. The What I love about the monorail one, though, is that it sits on a rail. So it's not suspended <laughs> on anything Ooh. else. It, it, but it's also not in the middle of it, right? Like it's the rails on the bottom of the monorail lettering, much like the rail is of the monorail itself. I don't know. I like it. I think it's really cool. I love the mid-century stuff. It's the Jungle Cruise, though. Uh, it matches kind of the, hey, we found these things in the jungle. We're going to put them up. Above the sign is like a window into what now is the queue, but at the time is just like a you know, a window and there's like a bird cage and the hatches are falling off and it just matches exactly what this attraction is going to be. The tours departing daily tells you that this is where the entrance is. And if this is not where the entrance is, it's very obvious where you're supposed to line up. Uh, so I like this a lot. Number two has to move on. Uh, any love for Tomorrowland, Callie, or did we make the uh, right decision? No, no love. Um, Jungle <laughs> no love. Cruise was the correct choice here. I understand that the monorail font is original to the park and original to the time that it was created, but I have such a problem with that font. It drives me bonkers. Oh. The N is backwards, and why is it that the O's are the only vowel that's little? It just, I, I hate it. So, Jungle Cruise all the way. That's fair. All right, let's move on to this next matchup. Number seven, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride versus number 10, Roger Rabbit's Cartoon Spin. This is a, such a great matchup to me. One, because we got two brick buildings. Thank <laughs> to back here. And uh, number two, because it's these are two kind of rides of chaos. You have one on the, on the number seven scene, Mr. Toad's. And if you step back and you look at the building that Mr. Toad's Wild Ride inhabits, it is basically a replica of Toad Hall from uh, the adventures of Mr. Uh, Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Like, it looks just like it. And so to have that on it feels so appropriate. You have Mr. Toad's wild ride in this kind of scroll that is looping over the arch of the entrance of the building. You have the Toad crest in the middle of it with two scenes from the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, one of him in the horse carriage and the other with him in the motor car with the frog on top with a crown on it. Uh, and then you have Mr. Toad on top of the building with his monocle stepping out very regal. This is his hall. And so if you look at it, it, it looks like the one from the film. That's the entrance into the attraction. But like every Fantasyland ride, that doesn't mean that's where you line up. Where you line up is usually to the side or right in front of it. You're you're sneaking through the switchbacks. Uh, and that's no different than this. You go into like Toad's Garden in order to get into Toad Hall. But this entrance is so good. And what's nice about it is that in the chaos that is stroller land of fantasy land, you have Toad Hall, which kind of occupies a real estate that is off to the side. It's on the corner. If you look across from like Pinocchio, Snow White, it feels like its own thing. Everyone's lining up through the castle for Peter Pan, but Toad Hall kind of sits there and you can see the attraction and you can see the sign very nicely. You don't need Lightning Lane for this. You don't need any of that. You just have the entrance. So the regalness of it feels very fitting because that's who Toad is perceived to be. You realize that he's a flawed person like the rest of us as you get on the ride, as you watch the films, but he presents as the richest, the most regal person. This sign really does that. 
On the other side is Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin, which is the opposite. It's pure chaos because the attraction is chaos. Uh, you have the cab whose name is... Benny. Benny. Thank you very much. Uh, crashing through the facade of the entrance. And then you have probably the smallest Roger that is popping up in between Roger Rabbit's word font. And he has the steering wheel. And we know that Benny is crashing through things because he does so in the film. We know that in this cartoon world, Roger could be holding the steering wheel separate from being within like Benny the cab. So like that matches up as well. But this is what you kind of experience in the ride. A whole lot of just chaos and lights and madness. And you really get that with this sign. Uh, I like that it really tells you that like you're going to spin. Cartoon spin. This is the spinning ride. Uh, And it's in separate font to really hammer home that like this is a spinner. And if you're going to get in this line, you better get ready. I like that it fits Toontown as aesthetic it's not like actual brick it feels cartoony brick you have the what is like a little return time on the right with a little clock it doesn't take up a ton of space but it's right there that's probably your fast pass uh and it it just feels appropriate so we have two very appropriate signs up against each other with very similar but different facades and i i like that this is a 710 matchup But I'm going to go with Mr. Toad. And I think Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with that because it represents the entity that it's from. It's a place in the film. Uh, Roger Rabbit's isn't, but that's okay. It doesn't have to be. None of these are. But I just think that Mr. Toad's really sets you up for that kind of surprise element that we come to love it for. Just like, oh, we're in fantasy land. We're going to fly over London. We're going to go sit in a little car and we're going to go through Pinocchio's daring journey. Oh, we're going to go nuts in Mr. Toads. Uh, and to start out with this regal setting is really cool. I'm going to go with the seventh seed. Yeah, I, I really think that the number 10 Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin is it, it's really good, too. Yeah. It's, it feels like such a product of its time, you know, like the 90s were were a time when, when the plasticky aesthetic was big. Uh, <laughs> th- things were always th- tr- trying to look uh, plastic. I don't know what that what that's about, but um, big, big era for plastics. Um, yeah. And so, th- you know, particularly the, the Benny of the Cab uh, figure that sits atop the sign, uh, you know, it speaks to that and really all of Toontown does as well. Uh, and we'll see what it looks like, you know, after the reefer, but I hope they do maintain some of that kind of uh, crazy, chaotic energy that, that you mentioned, Kyle. Did you mention the fact that the Benny cab uh, swivels back and forth? I did it. Uh, if it if it's working correctly, <laughs> uh, the Benny swivels back and forth, which I think is is kind of a really fun, um, interesting element that that kind of you know it makes you curious. I'm like, oh wow, that looks that looks kind of exciting. That looks kind of fun, and it's it's sort of that cliche uh, sign. You know, the, right. the, in the cartoons, there's always like the old spinning chicken or whatever. Uh, it's kind of corny, but like, that's the point. I, I really like that Benny is the the main character featured in this sign as well, because he's the main character in the attraction. And like, it would be such a 
layup to put Roger atop the the attraction and be like, oh, right, this is the Roger Rabbit ride, but like it's not. It's the Benny ride. Like you're yep. you're in the cabin. Roger really only comes up in a couple of scenes. Uh, so so I like that this this is really giving Benny uh, his moment, so to speak. <laughs> Shout out Benny. Yeah, sure. Uh, I think I'm going to agree with you, though. I think I think the the ironic element of the Mr. Toad marquee, uh, the Mr. Toad sign, uh, really makes me love it a lot. Uh, so I've got the seven here, Callie. We haven't been putting you to work uh, too much so far, but do you agree with Toad moving on? I know you called him mid uh, at the beginning <laughs> of this episode. Um, no, I don't agree. I think Roger Rabbit's marquee sign facade is a lot more um exciting and to the point that you guys have made it's a chaotic ride and it's a chaotic sign for the ride and so i feel like it um is a better indication of what you're getting yourself into and like when benny is moving it's really fun um also the fact that this ever had a fast pass is beyond me <laughs> i know for real which like that's crazy it's so funny but i um yeah love everything about the sign, all of the different elements that it pulls in. The fact that cartoon is two words is really fun to me. Um, I mean, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, it's a great sign. I think that this was a really tough matchup, but obviously we'll agree to disagree on this one. (laughs) All right. The next matchup is the number three seed, It's a Small World versus number 14, Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters. I'm so glad that Buzz Lightyear Astro Blaster snuck into this bracket at the number 14 seed because I really do love this sign. And it, it honestly, prime piece of real estate, prime piece of Disneyland real estate. Yes. Uh, you're seeing this sign from the castle. You're seeing this side from the gates to Frontierland, Adventureland. You're standing in the hub area waiting for the fireworks to start and you're looking over and you're seeing the Buzz Lightyear <laughs> sign. Uh, so it really has to kind of make the most of its position. And I think it absolutely does that. Uh, first of all, you've got the the Buzz Lightyear bright green striping uh, that really, really draws the eye. You could make a very strong argument that this is like not on theme to Tomorrowland. Uh, yeah. and, that, and that the Buzz element kind of detracts from the overall theme of the land. But the fact that it's like at the very edge, I'll give it a pass. Give it a pass. Okay. Uh, the the actual Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters uh, font, very dynamic. Buzz Lightyear written in that military official uh, uniform font. Astro, each letter is its own planet. And then blasters, they're like made out of little lasers. Uh, super cool, uh, very obvious, but at the same time, like that's comforting to me. Sure. Um, the, the element that I think is really cool is the like lightning stick uh, that is attached to it. Uh, and that is the element that really draws your eye in, particularly at night. Uh, if you're anywhere near that area, like I said, uh, you're, you're watching that thing flicker and it's really cool. I'm not sure what that has to do with Buzz Lightyear, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> I, it may have been a holdover from one of the previous attractions that was yes. there. Uh, rocket Rods rocket was the one rods. that was there before. So yep. uh, that feels like a Rocket Roddy uh, aesthetic. So Absolutely. It's there, uh, but I but I still like it. It's a small world. I have a really hard time with this one, actually. Uh, it's a small world. The, the attraction sign 
is beautiful. Um, it is it is another sign that is just exactly the the Mary Blair art uh, that is on the attraction poster. You've got a bunch of little kids from various parts of the world stuffed into a boat in a very <laughs> in a very unsafe way, Kyle. <laughs> uh, and they're holding little signs that say the happiest cruise that ever sailed the world in a top is it's a small world written in this custom playful font uh, on that is kind of um, mounted on these like blocks uh, that feel very playful. Uh, And that's really like what this attraction is. It's like a living dollhouse, so to speak. So uh, this, this attraction has this, this very youthful, fun, playful, colorful feel to it. And that's again, what we keep talking about. That's exactly what you're getting yourself into when you ride. It's a small world. It's got the Mary Blair element. That's very distinct. It's also got a mid-century feel to it, and that's what the, this is. A, this is a World's Fair classic we've got here, uh, and it stays true to uh, to its history, and I love that. Here's where it's a small world goes down for me: mm. is that this beautiful sign is upstaged by the attraction facade. It's so easy, like to think about it's a small world and just think about the clock tower uh, and think yeah. about the music box that come out the top. You might completely miss the attraction marquee because you're just so focused on the facade and like that's no knock on the facade and it's no knock on the sign. But like if we're thinking about the best Disneyland attraction sign, it needs to, it needs to be a sign that has some punch to it. And ultimately the it's a small world sign just doesn't for me. So I actually, even though I think the it's a small world sign might be a more beautiful sign artistically, I think I have to give it to the number 14 Buzz Lightyear sign. On the Astro Blaster sign, I think that Astro, uh, the the font there, I think you said you liked it as like the the little like kind of planet symbols, but they're what you shoot at, right? Oh, Those are the, the targets. targets. Okay, okay, okay. And the the S in Astro is the Z target oh, for like Zerg, okay. which is what you shoot at. Hey, so like, even better. That's dope. Y- yeah, no, it's great. It's awesome. But what I don't like about it is that it incorporates like three separate fonts that just kind of hurt my brain a little bit and in a and when you're talking about small world being overpowered by its facade i think that's that's totally fine as long as it's a small world sign indicates where you're supposed to go and it does you line up right there at it's a small world and if you don't there are easy directional signs to tell you where the overflow goes into the what they call like the small world mall which is what they uh they made for uh, light magic uh so like over to the side you can line up there astro blasters is kind of the shoehorned attraction to begin with that you don't that's where you enter it's kind of like all the fantasy land you you wrap around in the front until you can go through that so there's no knock on it um, but I think because the font hurts my brain, like the the sporadic way in which they made the sign, I have to go with Small World because it tells you where you're supposed to go. It tells you exactly what you're going to go to. If you didn't know with no historical knowledge that uh, this facade represented It's a Small World, would you know that this is It's a Small World? Not until you saw this sign. So I'm going to go with the number three seed. Callie, you're breaking a tie. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Um, (laughs) I am going to agree with Kyle. I think It's a Small World takes this one. I think it's just visually stunning and stands up to the facade that it's in front of. Um, I think it also, like, the facade doesn't really give you a sense of what the ride is like, but the sign 
does. Hmm. Um, it's colorful. There's kids. It's playful. It's a happy ride. And so um, for that reason, it's a small world. And there's just one font used, which also <laughs> is a great choice. All right. That brings us to the final matchups. The number six, Pinocchio's Daring Journey versus the number 11, Pirates of the Caribbean. We all know. Hey. I'm a Pirates boy. Love me some Pirates of the Caribbean. And Pirates has a, uh, a, a bit of a double sign advantage here. We've got the OG sign, which is on the building itself, right above where you enter the attraction. Uh, it's in gold. It says Pirates of the Caribbean. It sits on this iron rod balcony. And then you have the one in which you need to like line up under, <laughs> which is the black sign, the Pirates of the Caribbean, which invokes a little bit of a sail, a little bit of a scroll, a little bit of a map, while you the gold one behind it on the iron rod rails is uh, feels very regal. And I think that that regality of the gold one matches its area, this place of New Orleans Square in which the French elite really wanted it to be this ornate place. And so all of these signs are going to feel very ornate. And that matches totally. The black one, not so much. However, the black one within its environment, which has these kind of like ivy arches that lead to it, really adds to the aesthetic of the black sign. But the gold one is just great on that building. Uh, it's... It give it doesn't give you a ton of information. Now the the below the Pirates of the Caribbean black sign out front tells you where the fast pass time is, where that line is. Uh, oftentimes it's like you can just go left or right, uh, but they will let fast pass people in on that level. And you don't see the gold sign in, unless you're over the bridge crossing into Adventureland or you're in the courtyard of the queue itself. So there's these two signs, say the same thing. Don't give a ton of information except for which line you're supposed to maybe go into. Uh, and it's just, the gold one is just beautiful. I love it a lot. Pinocchio's Daring Journey is such a cool uh, entrance sign. It has the Pinocchio's Daring Journey written out as if somebody painted it. And above it is Pinocchio performing in the puppet show, uh, like uh, Stromboli's puppet show almost. You have like the barbershop poles on the left and right that are carved into the wood itself. You have Pinocchio standing up there almost greeting us into the building with a little bit of a Dutch background looking thing in the back. Uh, the red curtains as if it's going to close pretty soon. It's just very inviting. It's, it's very welcoming. And then you get on the ride and the ride's quite scary. The white the ride's quite intimidating. So he's kind of welcoming you welcoming you into his daring journey, which is actually like a complete nightmare. Uh, if you've seen the film, obviously it's a complete nightmare. I like that it tells you it's a daring journey, so that hints, hints, winks, winks that this is gonna be pretty intense. Uh, but it doesn't quite say it. The facade itself is like, this is gonna be great. You might see a puppet show, which you do in one of the scenes. I tried to look and I did find some YouTube videos of the facade itself and I was hoping to see Pinocchio move and I don't think he moves. Am I wrong there? Do we think he moves? I, I was actually going to ask the same question because I 
feel like in my head he does, but I'm right. very not surprised to know that I completely made that up in my imagination. So either he moves incredibly slow or he doesn't move at all because I saw one video of somebody walking up to this attraction and Pinocchio is just standing there. He's de- he definitely does not move. Like okay. like in thinking about it like like why and how would he move? And I mean, shout out to another Miss the Dance, Snow White's What Was Daring Adventure, Now Enchanted Wish, with the uh, evil queen above the sign opening right. the, the curtains, right? That's an element that could be really used here, but it's not. It's just a, it's a static Pinocchio. So when I'm comparing these two signs, its functionality, what's telling me about the theming itself, uh, what I really like the most is Pinocchio's Daring Journey. Because I think it tells you exactly what you're going to walk into, which is this kind of fairy book, fairy books, <laughs> fairy land, fairy tale type story that is welcoming, but it's also daring and scary at the same time. And you're going to walk through this very dark doorway to get there. It just fits its, the aesthetic. It feels like Pirates was kind of shoehorned, especially the black sign, unfortunately. Uh, if it was just the gold sign, then we might have something to talk about here. But the gold sign is so hidden that it has to be Pinocchio's for me. Yeah, I, I'm i agreeing with you. I, I think it's Pinocchio's for me. The pirate signs, it, it, I'm, I'm kind of torn because on the one hand, you go, these signs are a little bit too basic. Uh, they could have done so much more for a ride that has so much life to it. But, you know, you... You look at the Magic Kingdom, Pirates of the Caribbean marquee, and I don't know how familiar you are with um, that one, Kyle. No. But uh, it's it's like got a kind of like a treasure map uh, aesthetic, and it's also... Actually, I stand corrected. It is a um, sail. It is like a big black sail ah. with, uh, with red Pirates of the Caribbean font. Uh, I would look it up if I were you. It's pretty cool. Um, but at the same time, it's like, is this, is this a little bit corny? Mm. Uh, because like pirates are flamboyant. Like that's a big like pirate (laughs) thing. Like pirates are fancy pirates love, um, kind of gaudiness and, and peacocking. And so, you know, part of me is like, I would love this like ornate, beautiful over the top, uh, pirates marquee, but at the same time, like pirates get down to business. And right. so like, do they deserve a, a more simple sign like the one that we have? I just, I just don't know. Uh, and, and the fact that there's two signs makes me kind of just confused. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I'm with you on Pinocchio's daring journey. Callie, would you have uh, moved pirates on here? Or did you agree with Pinocchio? Um, well, you know, as they say, double the pleasure not necessarily double the fun. Sure. I'm with you on Pinocchio's daring journey. Um, I think just the details that are in that sign and the building in general are just incredible. I love this section of Fantasyland. Um, Pinocchio's daring journey, Snow White, Carousel, that whole little corridor. Um, Mr. Toad, too. Sure. Toss him in. Um, so he Pinocchio's daring journey moves on for me. That brings us to this Elite Eight, which is fairly predictable, actually. We have a one, two, three, four, five, six, wow. seven, eight. Uh, we have number one, Radiator Springs Racers taking on the number eight, Pixar Pal Around. The number four, Matterhorn Bobsled's going to take on the number five, Haunted Mansion. The number two, Jungle Cruise is going to take on number seven, Toad's Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. 
And number three, It's a Small World is going to take on the number six, Pinocchio's Daring Journey. Callie would have had an upset if we had thrown it to her, uh, but we did not. And because of that, we moved on uh, Toads. But Callie, thank you for joining us. Thank you for bringing in a couple of ties. We have the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight in a very long time. And yeah. we can't wait to have you back next time because I think you're going to be breaking a few more. I hope so. Put me <laughs> to action. Perfect. All right, everyone. You know how to reach us. If you got something to say about these attraction signs, is there one that we did not shout out that you would love to mention? Hey, are you a big jumping jellyfish sign person? Are you a big <laughs> golden zephyr sign person? Email us at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. All those channels are linked in the description of this podcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash mouse madness and join us at the $5 level by becoming a member of Jerry's gang. Till next time, folks, we are signing off.